as we were singing, just felt this word come up in my spirit. Keep the faith. Keep the faith. Keep the faith. Don't give up. Don't give up. Your one job is to believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved. Doesn't matter what you feel. It doesn't matter the circumstances that are swirling around you. Don't give up. Hold fast to the word of the Lord. He is faithful. He is righteous and he is true. Keep the faith. Don't be discouraged. Keep your courage. Look to the heavens. It is from there that your help comes. Don't give up. Don't be discouraged. For the Lord will fight for you. He will fight your battles and he is victorious. Don't give up. He will never leave you. He will never forsake you. He has not abandoned you. He has called you worthy. In Christ, you are righteous. In Christ, you are clean and whole. He has given you all things for victory. Don't give up. Hold fast to the word of the Lord. I have a scripture I want to read out of John chapter 6. Starting in verse 53, it says, Most assuredly I say to you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. Oh, man. Strong words, guys. Whoever eats, however, listen to this, whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life. For I will raise him up at the last day. My flesh is food indeed, and my blood is drink indeed. He who eats my flesh and drinks my blood abides in me, and I in him. As the living Father sent me, I live because of the Father. So he who feeds on me will also live because of me. This is the bread which came down from heaven, not as your fathers ate manna and are dead. He who eats this bread will live forevermore. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for the Eucharist table. Thank you for this time of communion, of remembering, reflecting, rejoicing in what you did for us. For with you and only with you is there eternal life. We thank you for it. In Jesus' name. Instructions. Um, As you come to the table... Uh, to receive the communion elements. It's a double cup system, so you just have to pick up one item. Um, The cracker is in the bottom cup, and then the juice cup is on top of it. Um, If you are in the back section of these two areas, you're going to head to the center aisle, which is one way toward the back table. Um, The side sections in the front here, you can head to these side aisles, which are one way forward to the table, and then you circle back around. So there's a little bit of a circling motion to keep everything flowing well. Um, If you need assistance in getting communion, you can just raise your hand and someone will assist you and get communion for you, the elements for you. Um, When you take your elements, return to your seat and then hold on to them because we're going to partake of them together. So you guys can come forward and get your elements.
Father, we thank you. We worship you. Our eyes are focused on you this morning. Have your way in our hearts and in our lives, for you never leave us or forsake us. Thank you, Lord. Let's just take a minute. If there's anything that you have in your life that you're saying, you know what, before I take this bread and before I take this cup, that you just want to lay before the Lord, whether it's just a moment of repentance, whether it's just a moment of worry, of fear, anxiety that you carried in here, I'm just asking that you just lay it at the foot of the cross here. Just take that moment now. Thank you, Lord. The Bible says, 1 Corinthians says, For I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus on the same night in which he was betrayed took bread. We had given thanks, he broke it, and he said, Take, eat. This is my body which was broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Let us partake. Bible goes on to say, in the same manner, he also took the cup after supper, saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death till he comes. Let us partake. Father, we thank you. We worship you. We worship you. We thank you for your sweet presence in here this morning. Father, as we continue to enter into worship, Father, I ask that you would just touch hearts, pierce hearts this morning, even during worship, that you would begin to speak to people with wisdom, with power, with peace and with joy. Revelation upon revelation, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let's stand with me and let's continue to worship. I just feel such a spirit of encouragement this morning. I just feel courage rising as we feed on the faithfulness of the unchangeable one. You know, I never imagined that our whole world could be flip-flopped around so quickly. Jobs, finances, school, I mean, grocery shopping, for goodness sake, everything has changed. But one thing has remained the same. He doesn't ever change. What is our role now after the whole 
earth has been shaken. It's the same as it was before. It is the worship the King of Kings. It is to grow in the knowledge of his word and in Christian sacrifice and living and growth. It is to put down the flesh and build up our spirit man. It is to go and minister life to the lost and bring them into the kingdom. It is the same. The mandate has not changed. The love of God is not shaken. It has not changed. Everything else that is not of him has been shaken. And the world is shaken. But we, his people, stand upon the rock. We stand upon the unchangeable one. And we hold fast and we feed upon his faithfulness. And I think about Job, this righteous man. He was not supernaturally protected from all that went on around him. In fact, he was supernaturally targeted. And there is one thing that he felt held fast to, just one. His physical body in pain and under attack. His children attacked. His whole world attacked. I believe his wife said, why don't you just curse God and die? And I think so often when things are shaken, death feels like a really attractive option to so many people. Christians and non-Christians alike. Because death for a Christian, that just means leaving here and going into the arms of the Father. But Job held fast. He held fast to the God he knew. And everything was restored to him. What? Two times, three times, four times. Everything was restored to him. But whenever I'm feeling sorry for myself or sad at the condition of the world, I think on Job. I do. And I just think, well, I'm better off than he was. And I hold fast to the faithfulness of God. I, I, you have to meditate. You have to decide. You have to choose. I will turn my thoughts to, to the Lord. I will turn my thoughts to his faithfulness. I will think on him. And you have to put aside everything else. And if it's not a conscious decision, if it's not a turning toward him, then we are left to be thrown about. So I implore you, you have something to read. I implore you, consciously, willingly, purposefully, intentionally, turn your hearts and your minds to the faithfulness of God. Feed upon his faithfulness. Stand upon his word. For he is our salvation. Amen. Well, you probably don't know this, but I had a discussion with somebody yesterday regarding Job. And we had a kind of a great theological discussion regarding that and everything you just said. This morning, as I was on my prayer walk, I think most of you guys know I go on a prayer walk each morning, and I had my Spotify playlist on, and I was listening to Oh, Praise the Name, and I was just worshiping, and it was just good, and I was feeling okay. It was a good song. And then an old hymn came on out of nowhere. This wasn't on my playlist. This wasn't expected. I was not ready for this. And it was, it is well with my soul. And I told you what, church, I could barely finish the walk. I mean, I thought I was just going to drop on my knees right there in the middle of the road as I was walking. 
And the version that I listened to cut out half the lyrics. And I was upset. And I went to Wikipedia and I said, I'm going to get all the lyrics and I'm going to read them today at church. Because church, listen to these lyrics. As they were originally written, it is well with our soul, church. It goes like this. I'm not going to sing it. (laughs) When peace like a river attendeth my way, when sorrows like sea billows roll, whatever my lot thou hast taught me to say, it is well, it is well with my soul. Though Satan should buffet, through trials should come, let this blessed assurance control that Christ has regarded my helpless estate and hath shed his own blood for my soul. Come on. My sin, oh, the bliss of this glorious thought. My sin, not in part, but the whole, is nailed to the cross. I bear it no more. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, oh, my soul. For me, be it Christ, be it Christ hence to live. If Jordan above me shall roll, no pang shall be mine. For in death as in life, thou will whisper thy peace to my soul. But Lord, tis for thee, for thy coming we wait. The sky, not the grave, is our goal. O trump of the angel, O voice of the Lord, blessed hope, blessed rest of my soul. And Lord, haste the day when the face shall be light and the clouds be rolled back as a scroll. The trump shall resound and the Lord shall descend. Even so, it is well with my soul. Father, we thank you. No matter the situation, no matter the circumstance, our eyes are focused on you. Our hope is in you. Father, we anticipate the glorious return of your son. But as he tarries, and as we wait, it is well with my soul. Father, thank you for all that you're doing in our lives and that we can trust you with all that we are. And no matter the situation, it is well with my soul. Amen. Amen. As we head into greeting time, um, we have Kid Corner back in the corner there. If you have a child with you, we have um, activity bags for them. We have toddler through sixth grade. Um, If you're an ECF regular tender, we have a bag with your name specifically on it. If you are a guest, we have guest bags. Um, The items in the bag stay at the church. At the end of service, you just pack the bag up and hang it back up. Um, If we also have sermon notes for the kids, those get filled out or not. They can doodle. They can do whatever they want. But those go home um, with you, and it gives you an opportunity, if they did write some stuff down, to talk about questions they had about sermon or or whatever. So um, that's available during greeting time. 
And then also we will have, and I always forget this part, we will have the offering buckets will be up here on the steps. There's also a box to the left of the door. We are not passing offering buckets anymore. They're up here so you can just do a little dance and say a little prayer and a praise and bring your offering up um, during greeting time and you can greet one another in the Lord. All right, that's it. All right, guys, thank you. All right, good morning, church. Jason was giving me instructions. I just said, aye, aye, Captain, and came up the steps. And it just reminded me of something I'm just going to share with you just because it's adorable. On Mother's Day this year, I had such a wonderful Mother's Day this year, and Jairus, who's just turned nine, gave me a card. And on it, he, had, he, he drew a picture of three people, and it was a pirate captain and two cabin boys. And at the top, it said, Dear Mom, you are my captain wherever I sail. And me and dad are your little cabin boys. <laughs> I was like, Jairus, this is the best news. <laughs> like, this is, I was like, I want to put it, like, I want to stencil it on the wall of my living room. Like, you are my captain wherever I sail. And then I just start bossing Jason around for the rest of the day. It was fantastic. So, I mean, that's just a little bonus sweetness for your day at church. It has nothing to do with announcements. Um, except that, to let you know, I'm the captain, apparently, because Jairus said so. So, no, I'm just kidding. Just kidding. All right, so tonight, excited about Youth Night. Um, This is like our third or fourth one. It's a really good time. We genuinely have a great time. We have great, great youth in this church. Um, They have a good time. They play pool. They play ping pong. We eat food. Um, Tonight, we're going to be doing a little an overview about the Bible. We're going to be learning some specifics about prayer and helping them really take steps to grow in their prayer life and also doing a Bible study. So this is um, Andy and Sydney and me and Pastor Jason, um, and we're excited to pour into the youth. It's a very good time. So that's from 6 to 8 p.m. tonight. Uh, if you are youth, come hang out with us. Um, And if you know of a youth, go ahead and invite them because we really do have a good time down there. At the same time, starting at 6.30, the Luciano group will be up here in the sanctuary where Paul will be teaching. It's always excellent teaching. um, So you can drive out, drop your youth off, and then hang out and get some great teaching. Um, So that is tonight. Um, Next, there are new devotionals out in the foyer. So I encourage you to pick one up. Um, Also out there, you will see a bookmark. It is a double-sided bookmark. Uh, Pastor Jason last week um, talked about the Bible reading plan that we are going to do together as a church. Um, We are coordinating it with the back. It's in the back of the word for you today. And last week we talked about it. So Sydney made us these great bookmarks that can go in your Bible with the little check marks. And do I need to review? (laughs) If you are... I, Pastor Jason, if you're a team Pastor Jason, that means you wake up every day at 4.30 a.m. You do the same exact thing every single day. I mean, to the minute, the same, like a robot, let's just say, every single day, then these check marks thrill you. I mean, they just make you so excited because you're going to check off every single one daily. That's awesome. If you are team Liz, 
then you wake up whenever the sun rises or you hear a noise and you pray while you're laying there before you open your eyes. And sometimes the check marks get checked off, but sometimes you feel like reading Psalms and not Matthew 5 through 6. And so you do that. And then um, I encourage you, don't feel bad about that, that box not being checkmarked. You put a heart over it. That's what you do. You draw a little heart and you, and, you, and you color it in because you love Jesus that day. You just didn't read Matthew 5 through 6. And instead you read something else. Either which way, we encourage you to get in your Bible every single day because it is life. Um, and so we're excited to be reading through the Bible um, together. So these are out there. Take one. Um, it's double-sided September, October, um, November, and December will come out, and we're just going to read through the Bible together as a church. I'm very chatty this morning, so forgive me. Um, let's see. I'm skipping that one. And finally, if you're a first-time guest, welcome. I'm not always this chatty, but I am always happy to, to have you with us, have people with us um, just gathered to worship the Lord. Um, you can send an email to info at ecfchurch.org and let us know that you were here. Give us your contact information if you want to stay in touch and know what's going on. Um, you can also send prayer requests to prayer at ecfchurch.org, um, prayer requests, praise reports, and testimonies. And that is all I have, Pastor Jason. Okay. Um, thank you. You're welcome. A couple of things uh, here We're gonna, before we pray for offering and have someone special come up and uh, give us the word today. A um, few things. On the, for youth tonight, those who are coming to youth, uh, two things. I forgot to inform our, the person doing the announcements of this. Uh, the first one is bring your Bible. Youth, bring your Bible. And then second, between now and then, read Daniel chapter 1. Okay, that is what we're going to be going through tonight. Actually, uh, Andy's got a, a message lined up, a kind of a discovery Bible study. We want to be training the students on how to be able to read the Bible themselves, how to gain insight out of it themselves. And one of the first things they can do is just come prepared, at least having read Daniel chapter 1. Uh, and then we'll get into a better discussion. One, it'll help pre prepare their minds and their hearts uh, with the Word of God before they even come to youth. So I just encourage you to do that. And then the second thing is, is I know people have been asking me, when are we going to start this end time series? When are we going to get into ECF and the last days series? Uh, I don't know if it'll be next week or not, but it is coming soon. So you got to keep coming back and you got to keep figuring out when are they going to do this thing. And we've got some really, really cool things we want to share with you. Uh, we have, actually, we're going to have a handout. I'm getting a little ahead of myself, so I'm giving you a little insight ahead of time. Uh, but we're going to have a handout. It's going to be, uh, that we'll give, you'll have them at the back door when you come in. And it basically does a really, really good job at lining up the end times timeline on one sheet of paper. All the prophetic words from Daniel and Ezekiel and Revelation and in Matthew 24, and all of it put together. Uh, we actually found one we really liked, and then we modified it. Thank you, Sydney, and edited it. And so it's almost ready for prime time. So when that's ready to go, it's something we want to give to you guys as a tool uh, of what the Bible truly says about the last days. And we can begin to walk through, are we really in those last days? Has the tribulation started? Is the Antichrist here? Is the first seal been broken? Is there what about these trumpets and what about these bowls? And what's all this stuff that's going to go down here from a Bible perspective? I'm just excited to begin to share some of that stuff with you. So coming soon. It's coming soon. Uh, and we'll also have it on the overhead screen, so people who can't make it uh, and they're watching online, I hope we'll be able to see it, or at least maybe we'll post it on our website 
somewhere so people can look at it uh, later, okay? All right, so let's just talk about offering real quick. I have a scripture uh, I want to share uh, with you out of Proverbs 3. I'm actually not going to read the whole thing. I had a long thing in Proverbs 3. And the title of this section in our Bible, you know how they give us titles sometimes? It's called Guidance for the Young. Guidance for the young, meaning those who are (laughs) mature in faith should have pretty much, we already know some of these things. So a lot of us, this might be a reminder, but look in verse 5, it starts, it says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he shall direct your paths. Do not be wise in your own, I'm like, I am going to read it all. Sydney, stay with me. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. It will be health to your flesh and strength to your bones. Come on. Honor the Lord with your possessions and with the first fruits of all your increase. So your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will overflow with new wine. My son, do not despise the chastening of the Lord. Ooh, here we go. Nor detest his correction. Okay, I mean, I think sometimes we have a very, is a myopic or a very small view of who God is and how God operates. And while God is good and everything's always good all the time, yeah, but God also chastens. God also does some discipline like a loving father and as a parent does often to their children. Because why? Because he wants the best for his children. Amen? Okay, I'm preaching. Sorry, Pastor. We're going to get there in a minute. Okay, so then it goes on in verse 12. For whom the Lord loves, he corrects. Oh, this is what I just said. Just as the father of the son in whom he delights. Happy is the man who finds wisdom and the man who gains understanding. And look at this, verse 14. For her proceeds are better than the profits of silver and her gain than fine gold. Amen. So you put all that together. You say, what does it have to do with offering? We're trusting in the Lord with everything. We're giving him the first fruits back to him. And you know what? It's wisdom that we desire, and those proceeds of wisdom are better than silver, and they're better than gold. Amen? Amen. All right, let's pray over the offering. Heavenly Father, we thank you for every gift, every giver, Lord. We thank you, Lord, that you uh, are so faithful to us in all ways, and we worship you, and we thank you for it. And Father, we just thank you that you are doing a work in our finances and in our lives, and we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Okay. Well, we've got, you know, it's so funny. I was talking to somebody before service. They were like, oh, is there a guest speaker? And I said, uh, no. No, it's not a guest speaker. It's someone who is part of the family who happens to be traveling all over the place, and we don't see them very often, but is by far not a guest speaker. It is part of our family. In fact, for those who maybe haven't been here or just started coming uh, recently, our founding pastors, Pastor Jim and Pastor Pam, are here with us this morning, and I've asked Pastor Jim to come and bring the Word of God to us, and we're excited to hear what he has to share, what God has put on his heart. Uh, a couple things, you know, they got a call from the Lord, just like your cell phone would ring. I don't, nobody answers their cell phone anymore, okay? Like, what if this number let it go to voicemail, and then why aren't you texting me? Okay, so he didn't get a text from God, but he got a call from the Lord. They did, and it said what? It was to move to Erie, to become established, and to build a great church. And they moved to Erie, and they got established, and they built a great church, Erie Christian Fellowship Church. And last year, a year and a half or so, after 30 years of faithful service to this ministry, to this city, to this town, uh, they, 
I would say retired, but that's really a bad word to use, amen? They've transitioned to the next phase of their ministry. They're traveling. They're speaking. They've got an amazing book that they kind of co-wrote together, which will be available after church uh, in the lobby as well. And we're just so thankful for them. We're thankful for their lives, for their faithfulness. And a vision to reach a million souls continues on. Continues on because God gave us this, a vision similar, or I could say corollary to that, to reach the cross, which is in northwest Pennsylvania, across 90 and down Route 79. And I always laugh. If you add up the population of the counties in which the vision the Lord gave me, it equals a million people. So let's reach a million people for Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. Let's stand and welcome. Come on, stand and welcome Pastor Jim and Pam. Thank you. Uh, all right. God bless you. Thank you. All right. Thank you, Father. Check, 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 check. Well, what a delight. You may be seated. It's good to be home. Oh, I, we can't tell you how much we love you. As we go hither and thither, whatever, <laughs> sound like Dr. Seuss, <laughs> there is no place like home. Amen. And guys, we just want to tell you God is doing something remarkable. He's doing something miraculous in the midst of the total upending and usurping as life as we know it. The church of Jesus Christ is rising. The church is simpler, purer, and rawer than it's ever been. The need for programs and this thing and that thing are gone. People want to know the living, powerful Lord Jesus Christ. And those that spend time with him will rise up and meet the challenge of not only their day, but the day that the church is now living in. And it is so wonderful to see what God is doing across the nation, in churches all over. And we got something very special here. And we don't realize how special it is until you go. And you see others. Yeah. Churches. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Well, thank you, Pam. We are so delighted uh, to be with you today. And I want to welcome those that may be watching online this morning. But, um, you know, things, uh, God is so faithful to us. Uh, <clears throat> when we first began reaching out with our ministry, we were in New Jersey. And this was the early part of March, and then this whole COVID thing hit, and everything changed. You know, a lot of opportunities that were there closed for for the immediate time. But uh, we said, you know, we're gonna we're gonna head up to Maine, and uh, so we went up to Maine. We were supposed to preach the following week in uh, Connecticut. We said we're gonna go up and we're gonna spend some time uh, up in Maine. And so we did, and we ended up being up there for five weeks, and I uh, had the opportunity to be with my dad and spend time with him, spend five weeks with him, and, and what a wonderful time that it was. And he went uh, to be with the Lord, 
uh, in June. So uh, it was, you know, God is so faithful. He's so faithful to us. You know, we obeyed his call when he uh, called us to leave. And one of the scriptures that he had given uh, was, whoever leaves father and mother or lands for my sake shall receive a hundredfold more in this life. And God has, has multiplied so much uh, back to us. And even in that, he was faithful uh, to allow us. My mom passed in January, and we got to be there at her bedside when she passed. We got to be there with my dad when he passed and spent some time with him. So, you know, God is always faithful. You know, it, it's not a sacrifice to serve the Lord. There's, there's great blessings in being obedient to uh, God's calling and his plan and his specific purpose uh, to us. So uh, this morning, well, let's just pray. Father, we are so grateful today, Father, that you are here with us. You said when we gather in your name, you are there in our midst. And so we acknowledge your presence today, Father. God, we thank you today, Father, that you give us utterance and you give us eyes to see, Father, Thank you for the spirit of revelation, Father, in the knowledge of you today, Father. God, I thank you that you anoint my lips to speak. And Father, may you be glorified in all we say and do. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Uh, So, uh, PowerPoint, folks, just work with me here. Before I go any further, uh, Pastor Jason was talking about the upcoming series that they're planning to do on end times. And I thought, you know, that really kind of ties in with what I want to share today because I want to talk about having grace and peace in our lives. So regardless of what the future is, regardless of of what might be forthcoming, uh, we've seen so many changes in our world. You know, God does not want us to lose peace in our hearts. And uh, you don't have this scripture, so I'm just going, going to read it from Luke 21, verse 25. It says, And there will be signs in the sun and the moon and in the stars and on the earth, distress of nations with perplexity, the sea and the waves roaring, men's hearts failing from fear, And the expectation of those things which are coming on the earth, for the powers of heaven will be shaken. So, you know, God does not tell us that to to instill fear into our life. But, you know, thank God for the word because it gives us news before it happens. Because God's word to us is not uh, to lose the grace and the peace of God in our heart and in our lives. And that's what I want to talk about this morning. I want to talk about grace and peace, salutations. Now, salutation is a greeting. It's a greeting. And one of the things that God's Word says to us in Second Peter chapter 1 and verse number 2, he says, grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. So even though I read that scripture, 
I mean, I don't know the timeline on any of that. I mean, look at how much our world has changed. I guess it just uh, shows us how quickly things can change. So I don't know. I'm I'm looking forward to Pastor Jason's series because he's going to tell us the exact time. (laughs) And so we're going to know all this stuff. So I'm not going to miss it. I'm so, I'm so excited about that. But regardless, you know, regardless of if it's, you know, one year, 10 years, 100 years, you know, regardless of what that timeline is, God does not want for us to lose the grace and the peace. In fact, he, said he wants it to be multiplied in our life. Turn around and tell your neighbor, multiplied. So the word multiplied means to increase, to circulate more and more. It's the same word that is used in Acts chapter 6 when it says the number of the disciples was multiplied. And and so, so God's word to us is that His grace... And his peace in our hearts would just exponentially continue to, to, to explode within us. God doesn't want us, in fact, the word says, be anxious for nothing. And so, so notice what this scripture says, it is multiplied to you in the knowledge. And so that's why knowledge is important. That's why knowing Jesus said, you shall know the truth, and the truth will liberate you. It'll set you free. It'll set you free from anxiety. It'll set you free from care. It'll set you free from, from, you know, from, from just carrying a sack of weight on your shoulders. And so, you know, as you, as you look at the, the scriptures... And as you look at the letters in the New Testament, it is absolutely amazing that just about every single one of them begins with this salutation, grace and peace. Go to uh, PowerPoint 4. Grace and peace. Uh, I just wrote some of these scriptures down, but every single one of these letters, not only those of the Apostle Paul, but uh, Peter and, and, and John in the book of Revelation. It, that, that ought to be something that would catch our attention. Every single one of these letters begins with this salutation, grace and peace, grace and peace, grace and peace in your life. So regardless of, you know, what, what we look at end time events, we see things happening on around us, God does not want for us to lose this sense of, of his grace and his peace in our heart and in our life. Man, that's, that's so powerful. That's so powerful. And, and, and so grace, uh, one of the definitions of grace is the divine influence upon the heart, the divine influence upon the heart, and its reflection in your life. 
You know, so when I looked that up, I thought about, you remember the song? And, you know, we did, uh, we did some kids' church a long time ago. If you're happy and you know it, clap your hands. But if you're happy and you know it, then your face will really show it. Right? So, so grace is, is it's the divine influence upon our heart. And, and its reflection in one's life. So, so uh, you know, going back, don't go back there. But, you know, it says that grace and peace is multiplied in the knowledge. That's why, that's why not just kind of picking up my Bible every now and then. Uh, or, you know, fellowshipping with believers. That ought to be, that's got to be a regular part of our life. It's got to be a regular part of our lives because I, I don't know about you. I mean, there's times when I've, it seems like I've lost that sense of peace in my heart and I've got to go back and be reminded. I've got to go back and be reminded of, of what the truth is because grace and peace are multiplied through knowledge. Uh, and then peace, peace is, is quietness. It is, is rest. It's freedom from anxiety and inner turmoil. It's freedom from worry in one's life. Freedom from worry in one's life. And I, I love what Pastor Jason shared, how he goes on these morning walks, and he said he almost fell down in the middle of the road. Well, I did that. <laughs> I got the T-shirt. <laughs> They found me in the middle of the road, but um, but but at any rate, uh, uh, peace is, is a is a is a quietness, and it's a freedom from anxiety, inner turmoil, freedom from uh, worry. In fact, uh, one of the definitions of of peace it's expressed with with an idiom. And here's, here's what, that, what that idiom, you know, different languages. One of the things that I've been doing is, uh, is learning French. Je parle français un peu. <laughs> and that was a delight uh, for me to spend that time with my dad before he passed because, you know, he, both he and my mom spoke French fluently, and I just never picked it up. You know, I look back and I think, you know, what a dummy, you know, I should have, I should have embraced it more than I did, but I'm learning it now, and I'm, I'm really enjoying it, so I would sit with my dad, and, and I would, you know, speak French, and he'd correct me, and what a wonderful memory that, that I have, you know, God is, is so faithful in, in that regard, but uh, different languages uh, use different idioms or ways to express things. And one of the ways that peace is expressed in other languages is to sit down in the heart. I like that. To, to, peace is to sit down in the heart. In other words, your heart isn't, you know, your heart's not, you're not full of anxiety in your heart. You know, no, your, your heart is quiet. I like this one, to rest in the liver. You don't, you, don't, you don't have quiver in the liver. <laughs> you have rest. See, it's talking about an inward thing. See? 
It's talking about something on the inside of you. You can have that. You can, you can have no quivering in the liver, or you can have rest on the inside. The world can be, you know, you can be going through a Job kind of thing. In fact, that's what God is showing us. That's why he's given that example, because in spite of what may be going on around you, God's word to us, and, and again, let's be reminded, every one of these letters, they begin with grace and peace, grace and peace, grace and peace. That tells me God does not want us living in anxiety, worry, care, concern, carrying burdens in our life. And I think, as I think about this, and the Bible talks about the importance of our meeting together to be reminded of these things and so much more as you see the day approaching. In other words, the opportunity to take on this anxiety and care and these burdens, that opportunity is going to more and more present itself. Uh, but, but that's not the direction. God never wants us to head in that direction. He wants us to, to be rooted uh, in his word. In fact, I don't have this, so don't, don't look for it. On uh, Colossians 3.15 says this. It says, let the peace of God rule in your hearts to which also you were called in one body. Isn't that good? He said, let it rule. Uh, and, and literally, that, the wording there is, let it be the empire let it be, don't ever do anything out of haste or anxiety. Don't ever do anything because, you know, I feel pressured, you know, to, to do this. Got to do this, you know, right now. No, let the peace, let the peace of God be, be the empire uh, in, in your decisions in your life. And, uh, and again, uh, it is so important for us to go back to go back to God's word and to know God's word, to be reminded of what God says on this subject because otherwise the external circumstances will will dictate, they will prevail, and and they will pressure your life. And so we need need to, to continually be reminded. Jesus says that grace and peace is multiplied in the knowledge of God, in the knowledge of God. You see, that's why, that's why the devil does not want for us to be aware of the truth. That's why he doesn't want us, he wants us to forget about this, you know. Uh, the word says this, it says in, in Hosea 4, 6, people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. It says in Isaiah 5.13, people have gone into captivity because they have no knowledge. So, so we're going we're gonna to continue to grow in our knowledge, be reminded of him. You know, I'm sure every single one of us have had times when you sat down, and I love the, the uh, devotion, the, the reading guideline, uh, and that's great. And I like the grace, the way you're presenting it, you know. Now, Pastor Jason's doing it the right way. You've got to check every one of those boxes. Okay. So, <laughs> so you know, we could take a vote on this, and it probably would be, you know, 50-50. You know, some folks would go, man, that's exactly, how can you not? 
how can you not check that box? And others are going, are you kidding me, you know? So there's no right or wrong way, you know. The, main, the, the wrong way is if you forget about the Word, you know, and, and, and things begin to pile up in your life and you become anxious and, and you become careful. And God don't, wants us to be, He wants us to be carefree. So grace always brings benefits in our life. It's, it's, it's all in the first benefit, grace and peace. And the first benefit of grace is peace. Grace, grace is, you know, God's riches and God's lavish abundance upon us. And, and so that's the first, that's the first expression of his grace. And what I want to share with you on this morning, I want to spend a little bit of time talking about uh, what is the fullest expression of God's grace in our, in our life? What is the, the fullest expression? And I would say this, the new covenant is the highest expression of God's grace in our life. Now, one of the things that people say, what have you been studying and what, what you've been... I've, been... I've been focusing on what is the new covenant? Because if we, if we know what the new covenant is... I mean, that, that's going to make you rock solid in, in your walk. That will cause you to, to, to know what God has promised to do and what he is doing in and through your life. And so a covenant is a formal agreement between two or more parties to do or not to do something. So what, the reason that I say that the new covenant is the highest expression of God's grace is because God has committed himself to do certain things in our life. Let me give you an example of that. Do you remember the flood, Noah's flood? When when the earth was was totally flooded, all humanity except for seven people uh, perished in that flood. Can you imagine... Maybe uh, the anxiety in, in Noah's heart and his family, is this ever going to happen again? I mean, holy mackerel, what, a, what, a, what an event this was. Could this, will this ever happen again to us? And God made a covenant with Noah. He made a covenant with Noah. And he gave them, he gave them something to remind them. Now, when God makes a covenant, what, God has, what, he, what he has done is he has committed himself. He will do or he will not do certain things. And God, the first thing that he did, imagine this anxiety in their life after going through such a, a, a frightening event. Is this ever going to happen again? God made a covenant with them. He said, I will never again flood the earth. You see, the reason that he made that covenant because he wanted to allay their anxiety, their uncertainty, and any fears in their life. In fact, he gave them a symbol to remind them. I know that you know there are some groups that are trying to hijack the rainbow symbol, but that symbol is a reminder to us of God's covenant promise. Never again will the earth 
be flooded as it was. So, so what that, when I talk about grace, you know, people say, well, God can do anything. No, God can't flood the earth totally again. Why? Because he's bound himself in covenant that he never again will do that. So that ought, to, that, that ought to allay any anxiety. And so when God puts himself into a position where he has sort of, in a way, cornered himself, I'll not do such a thing. That's, a, that's an indicator of God's grace. Somebody say, well, he'll do whatever he wants. No, he won't. Because he's put himself in a position where he's bound himself that never again is that going to be another event. Um, Another example of that is Abraham. Abraham. Uh, you remember when, when Abraham came out, he met the king, and, and uh, God, uh, Abraham was uncertain. Abraham was uncertain. You know, God had promised that they'd have a child, but man, it had been a long time, and things hadn't happened. And so God said, get the animal, split the animal, God walked through the midst of that. God made a covenant with Abraham. And, and, and what, he, what he essentially did by entering into that covenant was he bound himself that I am, you are going to have a child. And Abraham, you know, the Bible says in, in the book of Romans, against hope he believed. The reason... He could be, have that kind of unshakable confidence against hope, against any natural logic that they're going to have a child is because God had bound himself in covenant that this is going to happen. That's an amazing thing. That's, that is an expression of God's grace where God not only gives a promise, but God, but God puts himself on the line that, that if I don't do this, I can't imagine what could happen. God cannot lie. He can't lie. So you know, it's greater than a promise. It's God putting you know, even more assurance on that promise. And that's what a covenant, that's what, that's, that's what a, that's what a covenant uh, is. And when Jesus, when Jesus, that, that night... Uh, of the Last Supper, the Bible says in Luke twenty-two twenty, Jesus took the cup after the supper, saying, "This cup is the new covenant in my blood, which is shed for you." Wow, wow! Jesus said, "This is not only the new covenant; it's in my blood." And so that ought to what that what that says to me is, I want to know. What is in this covenant? Because these aren't just promises. These are, these are things where God has, has put himself in a position that he's bound himself to fulfill what he said he will do in this. This is powerful. I, I think, I think, I think uh, learning, we need to learn more specifically, and we're going to talk a little bit about that this morning. What is the new covenant. I'm not going to be here all morning with you, but I'm going to highlight this morning what is the new covenant? What is the new covenant? Because I think it's so, so important that we have this settled in our heart and in our life. What has God said that He will do?
And first of all, you remember what we call, you know, this is actually, this is our Bible. I am what it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. (laughs) You want to hear more of that? Come tonight. Brother Paul will get you all filled in on that. Glory be to God. You don't want to miss it. But um, the, the, old co- this is the, the old covenant, you know, last year, we got to go to Mount Sinai. We were actually at Mount Sinai, where Moses went up and got the Ten Commandments, and God, you know, uh, gave them, that was the old covenant. That was the old covenant. And that, what, what an experience uh, that was for us. And the Bible says in Hebrews 8 and verse number 7, For if that first covenant had been faultless, there would no place have been sought for the second. So how many of you know we're not living under that old covenant? That's not where we live now. In fact, the scripture, our scripture here tells us you know, that covenant had, had faults. It wasn't, it wasn't the best. It wasn't the best. So we're not living there. And it's so important that we understand, as believers, the covenant that we're living under. And what are, what are the conditions of that covenant? That first covenant was made at Sinai. And that first covenant required men to do good but it did not provide the life or the power for them to fulfill its demands. In fact, the Bible says in Romans 10, 5, for what the law, when it makes reference here to the law, it's making reference to that first covenant, which we no longer live under, could not do in that it was weak through the flesh. It placed demands. You know, I, I, I know a lot of... Uh, a lot of folk who are still living with an old covenant mindset think, well, if I could just try harder, if I could just work harder, if I could just, if I could just, you know, measure up. The Bible says the law, it could not do that it was weak through the flesh. God did by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh and a kind of sin, he condemned sin in the flesh. So that, that old covenant was really given to show men their inability to hold up their part of it. It did not give them the power. It did not impart the life or the strength for them to fulfill it. I mean, it was destined, uh, it was destined for failure. It was intended to lead them to Christ. And so... That is the first covenant. We're not living there anymore. We don't live under the first covenant anymore. Um, in Hebrews chapter 8 and verse 10 through 12, we're going to read through this. This is a quote from Jeremiah, the book of Jeremiah, which foretold what God was going to do for us in the new covenant. And, and here it is. For this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, says the Lord. 
I'll put my laws in their mind and I'll write them in their hearts. I'll be their God and they shall be my people. Keep going. None of them shall teach his neighbor and none of them his brother saying, Know the Lord, for all shall know me from the least of them to the greatest. Verse number 12. For I will be merciful to their unrighteousness and their sins and their lawless deeds. I will remember no more. Now that, that is the essence. That is the heart. That is the new covenant. That is the, that is the new covenant. Now, verse number 12. Verse number 12 tells us how God is going to accomplish what he promises to do in verse 10 and 11. So let me just look here at verse 12 with you. First of all, God says, I will be merciful to their unrighteousness and their sins and their lawless deeds. I will remember no more. <laughs> Man, I'll tell you what. That is powerful. That is, that is, that is cleansing. Don't go, don't go forward yet. I want you to go back. That is how God is going to accomplish, verse 12, total forgiveness. This tells us how he's going to accomplish, what he's going to do. Now go back to verse 10 and 11. And it tells us, verse 10, this is the covenant. God says, I will put my laws in their mind and write them in their hearts. God's going to do something on the inside of us. He's going to do something on the inside. I will be their God and they shall be my people. Go to the next one. None shall teach his neighbor. None shall teach his Know the Lord. All will know me from the least to the greatest. So go to PowerPoint 16. Here's what the new covenant is all about. This is the new covenant. The new covenant is total cleansing. Man, I'll tell you what. The new husband is total, you know, we preach on righteousness. Why? Because we're trying to get people established in what the essence of the New Testament is. So many people have not been New Testament taught, are still struggling with, you know, is God holding my sin over me? You know, is God, is God angry? Has God forgotten, you know, the past? No, what the New Testament is, is the first, the first thing it is, is about absolute, total cleansing in our life. That's why God can do the other parts of this. Because he makes us right. And it's not because what we did, it's because what he does for us. It's what he does. That's why, that's why the old covenant had faults because it was about, if a man shall do it, he shall live. But nobody could fulfill and do it. So you kept failing and you kept being reminded every year of sin. But that's not the new covenant. The new covenant is total cleansing. Go to 17, PowerPoint 17. Here's what God says. I will be merciful to their unrighteousness and their sins and their lawless deeds, I will remember no more. Man, that's powerful. God's not 
remembering our past. God's not pulling up a file from the past. In fact, we remember what God forgets, and then we forget what God has said. And that's why it's so much, that's why it's so much the more as you see the day approaching that we stay focused on what God's word says. Because circumstances scream all around us. And, you know, and to me, I think the biggest, the biggest tool the enemy is using today is distraction in our life. It's distraction. And so we need to, we need to keep our focus. God says, I will keep them in perfect peace whose mind is stayed upon me because he trusts in me. Amen? So, so the, new, the new covenant, first and foremost, is first, first of all, it is about total forgiveness. Ephesians 1.4, go to 18. Just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy without blame before him in love. Hallelujah. If you've received Jesus, you know, here's what, here's what go to 19. Here's what Jesus said. You are already clean because of the word which I have given, which I have spoken to you. Wow, that's powerful. That's powerful. You know, we, t- we teach over and over again righteousness. And, but, but the reason why that is so important is because it is, it is really foundational. It is the essence of what uh, the New Testament is all about. It's understanding that that positions you to, 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 to live a, a life, uh, there, you know, without a sense of guilt or condemnation. Now, thank God. If we do miss it, 1 John 1, 9, he's faithful and he's just to forgive us and to cleanse us of all unrighteousness. The second part of what is the essence of the New Testament is the new covenant is life and it is power. It's life and it's power. Hebrews 8.10 says, For this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, says the Lord. I'll put my laws in their mind and write them in their hearts. I will be their God and they shall be my people. So one of the things that God does, Romans tells us, uh, is that the law of the spirit of life God puts life on the inside. You know, there's a law of life. Just like there's laws for different things. There's the law of the spirit of life because God puts life on the inside of you. There's a law of life on the inside. That's why we need to learn to be led. Listen, learn, you know, thank God for the inner witness, the inner leading, the voice of God on the inside. I wouldn't be here today if it wasn't for that. Pam's cooking a meal, and, and she has an awareness, something's wrong. Go find Jim immediately. She has life. Every one of you, if you're born again, you have life on the inside. There's a law of life. And, and I think we need to learn to let that life flow through our, through our mind. That's why we need to renew our mind. Because if your mind is not renewed in the word of God, 
that life that's inside of you stays bottled up within. If you don't understand what, what God has done, that life is not able to freely flow through you. If you're just trying to live by in accordance with just trying to do my best I can and not falling on the grace, thank God for Jesus, what he's done. And you just let God flow through your heart and through your life. I mean, this is the new covenant. This is what the new, there's a law of life. Um, Go to, uh, I'm almost done here. Go to, go to 31, PowerPoint 31 here, almost done, 31. For it is God who works in you. He works in you both to will and to do his good pleasure. He works inside of you. The Old Testament was on the outside. The New Testament is on the inside. And that's why, that's why you know, why is quiet time important? Because you begin to learn to hear the still small voice. You, you begin to, you, you, you begin to put, shut out the distractions. Uh, uh, you, you, you allow the spirit of life to flow through you, touching your mind, touching your body. You, you know, uh, we've received not this, but the spirit that we might know, or it's God that works in you. Go to the next one. It's God who works in... No, no, go, go back to the previous one. Go back to the previous one. It's God who works in you. This is the new covenant. It's God working in you. I think most of us need to become better acquainted with the greater one on the inside. Learn, learning to yield to him. Learning to uh, yield to him. Let him have his way in our life. Uh, go to 32. I love this. This is another way of, of uh, the, the anointing. First John, do you have that one? Should be there. Hallelujah. There you go. But the anointing which you've received from him abides in you. What is the anointing? You see, again, the old covenant was about external things. This new covenant is all about what God has done on the inside and what he's doing on the inside. And the anointing, that's the influence of the presence of God on the inside of you. What you've received, it abides in you and you do not need anyone to teach you. Now, does that mean we don't need teachers in the body? Of course not. The Bible says he's given teachers. But think about this new covenant where in comparison to the old covenant that if you were going to get information from God, you had to go to a priest and you had to, you, because he was anointed, you had to find somebody that was anointed. No, the Bible says now we're all kings and priests. This doesn't mean that we don't need teachers in the body, but what this means is that God will teach and guide and direct you. But as the same anointing teaches you concerning all things and is true, is not a lie, just as it has taught you, you will abide in him. That's powerful. It's, that's powerful. 
That's powerful. So, first of all, the new t- it's, it's cleansing. Uh, it's life. And uh, it's power. And it is inner knowledge. It's inner knowledge. Go to 20, verse, the 27th one. 27th one. It's life and power, and it is inner knowledge. And here's what he said in Hebrews 8.11. None of them shall teach his neighbor, teach his brother, saying, Know the Lord, for all shall know me from the least to the greatest of them. Not only that you're going to know God, but you're going to know what he's done and what he's doing for you in your life. What he's doing. 1 Corinthians chapter 2 Number 31, it says, We've received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, that we might know the things that have been freely given to us by God. Isn't that powerful? So, so we have cleansing, we have life and power, and we have inner knowledge on the inside. Man, this is, this is awesome. This is just, this is this is amazing. And, and so, you know, a lot of times we, we try to, uh, uh, we live under Old Testament guidelines when that's not where we are anymore. We're living, we're living in the New Testament. I love the way that the Apostle Paul uh, wraps up. I, I'm giving away my, my personal feeling about who wrote Hebrews chapter 11. But... Uh, Hebrews chapter 13, go there, and we're going to finish up with this. Look what he says. Now may the God of peace, who brought up our Lord Jesus Christ from the dead, that great shepherd of the peace, through the blood of the everlasting covenant. See, God, what he's saying, God wants us to be established in in living under this new covenant. Make you complete in every good work. Make you complete. Why? Because it's God's working in you. He's working in you. Make you complete in every good work to do His will. See, I, 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 we need to learn. You know, it, it is well, it is best for us to yield to Him. You know, to, to run things by Him. To let His peace rule our hearts and in our lives because that's what the New Testament is all about. Make you working in you what is well-pleasing in his sight through Jesus Christ to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. Praise God. Powerful. Powerful. And finally, go to number 35. Now may the God of peace himself give you peace always and in every way as we walk in the light of the new covenant, as we, as we learn to be led by his spirit, as we learn to obey the things that he's showing us to do, as we learn to yield to him. I mean, God wants us to have peace flowing in our, in our life. Grace and peace. Grace and peace. Not anxiety. Not care. Not worry. Uh, but the Lord himself giving you peace Always and in every way, the Lord be with you. 
always. Praise God. Thank God for the New Testament. Amen. Thank God for the New Covenant, the Word of God. So I just encourage you today, you know, as you're reading through the Bible and you run against uh, scriptures and things that speak to this, take some notes and be thinking like a New Testament person. Be thinking, be under, position yourself properly. This is where I now live. I live in the new covenant. It's so much better, praise God. It's far better. And God's working in me to will and to do his good pleasure. Amen. Amen. Pastor Jason. All right. Well, that was refreshing. Amen. One, it was nice to take notes on a Sunday morning. <laughs> Instead of doing those notes all during the week and then sharing you with you my notes from the week, this way I got to take some notes. So, Pastor, amazing. Thank you. Thank you both. Um, what we're going to do is I just have a uh, benediction I want to read. It happens to be out of Hebrews as well. So I know, love how the, Lord, how the Lord works in those ways. So just a couple things. Uh, one, as I dismiss, there will be some teams up here that can pray for you. Uh, if you need prayer for anything in your life, I just encourage you to come up. Uh, we'll have some teams up here that can pray for you. Number two, I believe Pastor Jim and Pam will be uh, in the lobby. Uh, they do have some books with them. Uh, it's called Let's Pray. It's, one of the, it's basically the story of all the parts of the stuff you heard already here this morning and some of the things that their journey and their walk with the Lord uh, and how his goodness and faithfulness in their life. Amen. So they'll be out there in the lobby as well. And then those bookmarks are out there, and the word for you today is out there, all at the same table. So there's one table. You won't miss it. It won't be confusing because it's right on your way out. So you'll see everything that you need uh, to see on your way out. Amen? Amen. Uh, So here's just a benediction here out of Hebrews 13. Now, may the God of peace... (laughs) Yes, this was planned before this. This It's good. Now, may the God of peace who brought up our Lord Jesus from the dead and the great shepherd of the sheep through the blood of the everlasting covenant make you complete in every good work to do his will working in you what is well pleasing in his sight through Jesus Christ to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. 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 You guys are dismissed. Have a wonderful, wonderful afternoon. You tonight, six, six o'clock. Uh, Brother Paul, small group, 630. Uh, Again, there will be prayer up here in youth, Daniel chapter 1. Bring your Bibles. See you, bye.